Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program. The no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Frank Kitchen with Frank Kitchen Enterprises. Welcome. Hey, thank you, Lee. Thanks for having me today. Well, before we get into things, tell us a little bit about Frank Kitchen Enterprises. How are you serving, folks? All right. So Frank Kitchen Enterprises, we're, we're coming up on six years now uh, this June. And what we do is we actually work with organizations who want their people to break through mental and physical barriers to live the dreams they hunger for. So quite simply, we offer fundraising services, coaching services, and keynote speaking. And a lot of it is just based off of my own personal experiences when I was working the nine to five. So now, so that was the impetus of your whole, uh, for all your programs, you were working kind of a, a, a traditional job and then you decided to go out on your own? Somewhat. Uh, yeah, I know you know a little bit of the story, but uh, the, the ultimate piece was I, I wanted to become a professional speaker. And I, w- I was working towards it, kind of, uh, you know, I really wasn't putting the full effort. So I was working at a college for a little bit. And then I moved when I found my, met my wife and I moved out West. And then I was just, you know, trying to find some jobs to, you know, to keep the lights on and pay the bills. And then ultimately what I was saying, I wanted to step out and become this professional speaker and own my own business. Uh, the company I was working for, it was June 17th, 2015. They called me in for a meeting. I thought I was going in for a promotion and they go, yeah, this is your, uh, your last week. And I, I got fired on Father's Day with my wife pregnant. So that was the impetus of my business was, okay, we've got a two-year-old. And then how do I take care of this you know, child on the way and you know, take care of my wife also? So now when that happened, for a lot of folks, that would be, that's a gut punch. You know, like, how am I going to recover from something like this? They're, they can get into a lot of maybe victimizing themselves, like the what, you know, why me? I don't deserve this. What helped you kind of push through this and to take your career to a new level? Well, two. Well, I, I was going to say two things, but three things happened that weekend. Uh, number one was his Father's Day weekend, and we are going to my wife's parents' house. <laughs> so now I've got to go talk to my father-in-law and explain to him that, you know what, uh, guess what, I lost my job, and I've got this big dream of being a professional speaker. Uh, happy Father's Day. And, you know, the, my wife goes, well, hey, number two, I was like, well, you, you've got a speaker showcase lined up this weekend. Why don't you take my dad with you? He's never seen you. He's a marketing PR guy. Take him with you. Maybe he'll give you some feedback. So I took him with me. And why we go and do the speech, I've got a couple hundred people in the room. I'm looking at him in the back of the room. He's checking things out and he's nodding his head. But then at the end, he, he pulls me to the side and he goes, that was amazing. He goes, this is what you're born to do. Let me know what I can do to support you. So now that I've got my wife backing me, I've got my father-in-law back me. Then I reached out to my network. I wasn't afraid to reach out and said, Hey, you know what? Everybody's like, um, I, I lost my job, but here's what my big dream is. And I was share on stage. If you're afraid to share your dream, you're afraid to live it. I shared it with my network and my network didn't beat me up. They actually all offered support and several offered me job opportunities. So that's just where it started was not um, taking that gut punch, but pretty much explaining to people, Hey, you know, I just took this punch. How can you help me out? And that's a great lesson for folks. And I remember that movie that comes out every Christmas, It's a Wonderful Life kind of thing happening where the person is devastated and then their community comes to the rescue 
and they didn't realize the impact they were having on all these folks that uh, wanted to help. Is that oh, yeah. kind of what yeah, happened? I mean, that was kind of what happened to me. I mean, I was going to groups and like, why are you doing this? And like, well, you did this when we were down. So this is the way we we're going to pay it forward to you. So as you said, yes, yeah, several groups just reached out to me where they, like, hey, I remember when you did this. I remember you. How can I help out? And it, it was, you know, it was amazing just to realize, okay, there are people out there who care. You know, I've got a friend who says, Frank, there's more positive in the world than negative. We have to take the time to look for it and show it. So for me, I was always seeing the negative that was out there and thinking that, okay, I don't think, you know, I couldn't think about the possibilities. And then I had this mindset shift that weekend of let's see what opportunities are out there. And once you can focus and going in the right direction, amazing things will happen. Now, when you kind of had that mental shift, then what kind of action steps did you take to keep that fire burning? Well, the, the main fire burning was the fact of I've got, you know, two sets of eyes looking at me with a third set on the way. And the case was when you're trying to do something for yourself, you know, you can, you can kind of take some time off or you don't push yourself as hard. But when you realize there are other people, living people depending on you, that, that was the first thing to, you know, really just stoke the fire. And then the other piece was I'm going, okay, I, I really haven't put the full effort into it. So it's either, you know, sink or swim. And I'm going, okay, I'm teaching all these people how to break through their mental and physical barriers. Okay, let's go ahead and, you know, practice what I preach. Let's, let's hire myself. Let's make me the very first client to come in. So pretty much I hired, you know, my company to take care of me so I could actually go out and, you know, live the dream that I hungered for, which was to be the speaker. So then what were some of the things you did at first to then, you know, kind of monetize this dream? Well, the, the first thing was, uh, as I said, I reached out to my network and I reached out to my network saying, hey, I've got this big dream of being a speaker. Please let me know when you have opportunities. And within that first week and a half, you know, just reaching out to people, phone calls, emails, I built out a one week speaking, you know, if you want to call it a tour where I was going to Ohio and for five straight days, I spoke to different groups. So that was the first piece for monetization. And then I've been planting some seeds before. So then I also got a phone call for a group who goes, hey, Frank, we would love for you to come out and speak for us for several days during uh, the middle of the summer and then for a full week at the end of the summer. And that just blew my mind because when I was working the nine to five, I had to watch my vacation time and I had to be, you know, watch, you know, how often I was leaving. Well, when I didn't have those restrictions, my wife goes, Hey, you can go out for as long as you want to now, you know, that just changed. So the big one was just to, to reach out to my network and let my network know what that big passion was, was to put the full effort in. But as I said, people, I've been, doing some teaching and some coaching on the side, but it wasn't full time. So the case was I got to practice what I preach. Now, when you went out to the marketplace and said, Hey, I'm Frank and I'm available, you know, yeah. me a little bit. Were they then kind of giving you some ideas about this is how I want you to work with us? Or were you kind of presenting them? Okay. I have this uh, speech I can give, I have this workshop I can give, I have this coaching program, or were you kind of listening to them and they were kind of helping you shape that early on? Well, I mean, you're spot on. It was a combination of a little bit of all of it, but the, the first piece for me was I really didn't have coaching lined up at this point. I didn't have fun fundraising. So speaking was the, the, the main thing I was thinking about. And as I said, at this point, I've been speaking professionally for about six years, but I, I hadn't tried to make it full time. So it was just one of those deals you know, side hustle every now and then on the weekends. So I reached out to all the people and go, hey, knowing when people book their speakers, so for schools and school districts, hey, I know that you have your orientation or your welcome back weeks. I have this program, you know, can I come out and speak for you? It's on leadership. I'm like, okay. But at the same point, they go, hey, Frank, we know you. 
do you have something on this? Because people recognize before I had done management training, I had done leadership, I had done some stuff as far as team building. So they just started to, you know, ask me what they wanted. So I started to listen to my clients and going like, okay, well, what do they want? And as I started to listen to see what they wanted, then when I started to make the phone calls and emails, I started just putting that in there because it's like, okay, well, that's what the audience wants. Let's sell that to them. Now, you mentioned fundraising. How do you help a, a, a company with fundraising? So, so during this process, I, I'm looking to you know, bring in any, any funds that I can. And what had happened was I had worked for an auction school. And I'd help them with the recruitment. And I'd help them with you know, managing the classes and getting everything certified. So I'd worked in education. And some of the people I reached out to were my friends who were fundraising auctioneers. So during this process, they go, well, Frank, you've worked in training. You know how to handle a microphone. You've done event planning because you used to bring speakers and people when you worked for the college and for the group. Uh, would you like to come and volunteer and help us out? Which meant I was just going there to help track numbers. And so for about a year, I was just really observing, you know, all these auctioneers. And I finally said to them, I was like, hey, you know, um, I had some people where I speak for and they've asked me to jump on the microphone and MC their event or said, hey, Frank, can you get people to put money into an envelope? I was like, would you be willing to train me? So now, not only were they going for speaking, I started using my abilities on the microphone to go to become a fundraising auctioneer. So I'm the third African-American to ever earn, it's called a benefit auctioneer specialist, which means I specialize in consulting and being a fundraising ambassador for nonprofits and businesses. And I, I got that during this process. So you became an auctioneer? Yes, sir. So you, that's a skill, right? You, they, there's a training, I guess, on how to talk that fast and how to get people, encourage yeah. people to buy. Yeah. So part of it is like there's talking that fast, but what people didn't understand was when you say auctioneer, it's not 10% of what you do as an auctioneer is actually on stage. The rest is actually consulting to make sure that you have the right items to sell, that you have the right people in the room who want to make the purchase to make sure that you're marketing and advertising. So it allowed me to take, you know, some of my past experiences working in retail, uh, my degree, working at a college and to combine all those into one. So the skill of bid calling, yes, that is a skill you have to go and develop, but then there are other skills offstage that you have to develop on how to contact people. And since I was a speaker, I already knew how to do contracts and knew how to prospect and how to look for events. So I got a chance once again to combine all these into just one profitable thing for me, but also for my client. So now at this stage in your career, are you doing more of one thing uh, than another, or is it kind of evenly dispersed among all the different things you're doing? So the, the main income generator for me right now still is the, the keynote speaking. It's also the most lucrative. So I usually will go to conferences and events or corporate groups, and I'm either the opening keynote speaker or the closing keynote speaker. So that's my main piece. It's probably about 70% of my income. Then when it comes to the rest of it, it's probably a 50-50 split, 15%, 15%. I am actually coaching uh, executives, CEOs, business owners on their public speaking. They want to get more confident on stage. But due to what I did six years ago, people have been watching. So several people started to come up and going, Frank, would you be able to coach me? I'm like, what would you like me to coach you on? Would you be able to coach me on how to become a professional speaker? I've been speaking for years. I've got this podcast or as a teacher. I'm a company owner, but I've never gotten paid for it. Can you teach me how to do this? Because we saw that you picked yourself up off the ground and got paid. So can you teach that to us? So what happens is, as I said, I do fundraising for groups. I'm very selective which groups I work with. Then I do coaching and then I do keynote speaking. Now, when you're working with uh, an aspiring public speaker, 
Is that something that um, you believe after doing it for a while that everybody has in them? Or do you think that this is something where certain people who kind of have this innate ability to do it and you're just helping them get better? I, let's, let's, let's do it this way. My, my last name is Kitchen. And I was just working with a group this morning and I explained to the group, I was like, hey, it's like everybody I feel has the ability to cook. It's a skill that we can teach people. Now, how well you cook, that, that varies. And I said, I feel speaking is the same way. I believe we all have the ability to speak in public. But the case is, as you said, it's a skill that we have to develop and we have to embrace. And some people are going to be better than others. And I feel that people who truly embrace it and want to study, put the time into it, just like, you know, you're on the radio. Anybody could be on radio, but only a few people can be, you know, really great at what they do because they put the time and develop, you know, that skill. So, yes, I believe everybody has the ability to speak in public. How well they can speak in public depends on how well they develop that skill. So now after working with you, how, how do you have a story that you can share of maybe you took somebody that wasn't that great and you kind of took them to a new level? Like obviously don't mention their names, but maybe mention what they were struggling with and then how you helped them overcome it. Yeah, can do. So uh, I moved out to, I'd moved from Ohio to Phoenix, Arizona, and I moved out right during when the, you know, the economy tanked 2007, 2008. So not a great time to really try to start a business or a career. So I was looking for different things to do. And like, what are my transferable skills? And I had a friend who worked over at the Phoenix Zoo and goes, hey, they need people to talk and do presentations and, you know, come and, you know, learn how the zoo works. I'm like, okay. So I started to go work in the experience department. So I'm doing talks and presentations around the zoo. And there's a young man who I'd seen there all the time. He's volunteering and he's got Down syndrome. So we developed a friendship. He's in high school. And he explains to me that he's going through this program where he's learning how to become a better public speaker. And I go, I was like, well, hey, you know, I speak professionally on the side. So he goes, okay. So I gave him my business card and he took it home to his mom. So he's 16. And next thing you know, I get an email from his mom and she goes, hey, would you be willing to mentor my son? She goes, I see that you're from Ohio. We're from Ohio originally too. And she goes, I'd rather him work with somebody who knows how to speak. He said, he's seen you speak at the zoo than somebody who doesn't. I'm like, okay. So here's this gentleman who's got Down syndrome. So he's got this big barrier and, you know, he's not really shy, but the way he speaks and the style just, you know, aren't, you know, there. So we actually started to work together and I started to work with him as a respite provider. And we started to hang out more and more. And he goes, Hey, yeah, my, my dream is to become a professional speaker. I'm like, okay, well, let's work together on crafting a speech for you. But more importantly is find out how we can get you in your comfort zone. Because for many people I know who are public speakers, it's not how well the speech is written. It's a certain confidence they have in themselves to be able to deliver that speech. And if you're not confident in yourself, you can't deliver it. So for this young man, what we did was we figured out how to build out his slides, how to set up the room every time he was speaking, how to write out his speech within his diction. Uh, he has issues with memory. So how to actually write it out or script it to where it looks natural. And next thing you know, as we start to work with this, and I started to work with his mom on how to approach people and how to negotiate contracts, he ended up speaking all across the country. I mean, so, I mean, that's a, that's a basic story, but that was just something there where he's one of the first people I worked with. And I'm going, okay, if I can help somebody here who is a teenager who has Down syndrome, um, has a, you know, a little bit of a learning disability, people are like, oh yeah, it's like, it's going to be impossible for him. And next thing you know, I watch him on stages making people cry you know, in a good, positive way, I'm like, you know what, I can do this. Now, do you think that um, if you were a, a new to this and had the idea, okay, I want to be a speaker, what would you be doing uh, to jumpstart a career? So the first thing I would do for anybody trying to jumpstart a career, or if I went to it as far as 
speaking is you got to be a good speaker. I mean, that's, that's the first one is you have to be able to deliver in front of an audience. You have to be able to speak in front of an audience. So generally I'll tell people, Hey, you may want to take a public speaking class. You may want to take an improv class. You may want to take an acting class, but you have to be able to, you know, perform on stage in person or in these world today, virtually. So if you can't speak and you don't have a comfort in speaking, uh, the rest of the career is not really going to fall in line. So we have to have that piece first. And then the second one is I get a lot of people who say, Frank, I want to be a motivational speaker. And it goes like, well, people don't book motivation. They don't, you know, they don't pay you for that. That's just, you know, getting people inspired and feeling good. What they do is people are paying for transformation. What are you doing to help people improve? What are you doing to improve people's productivity or bottom line? What are you doing to prevent people from doing something that's negative? That's what people are going. So you have to think about what problem do you solve? So when people approach me, I always will ask, like, I want to be a speaker. I want to be a motivational speaker. I go, what problem are you solving? Because that's what people hire people in to do or compensate people for, especially if you're going to be a paid speaker. Because we have professional speakers who get paid for it. Then we have public speakers who just speak in public. And there is a difference. Public speakers worry about the speech. Professional speakers worry about the speech, but also how to deliver that speech and how to you know, acquire stages to deliver that speech and get compensated for it. So once you have kind of the skills and you have, I guess, the um, topics that you're going to, the content, mm -hmm. uh, how do you find the speaking opportunities? Okay. Well, the main one is we said we have to figure out what problem we're solving. So when we say what problem we're solving, we got to figure out, okay, who has that problem? And not only who has that problem, but who's willing to, you know, pay for that, you know, to have that problem fixed. Because if you and I were talking right now and said, hey, somebody will fix your car for free. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, we probably go like, okay, I might go do it. I'm not sure, but you know, anybody can do that. But when it comes to pain, you want to prove, you know, that you can, you know, solve that problem. So the idea is I like to, you know, explain to people, look for associations. So you're asking like, who can do it? Associations always have professional development. They have conferences, they've got conventions. So generally I work with somebody, they'll say, Hey, we'll pick on you, Lee, right now. Let's pick on you. You know, I'm sure you're part of either like a radio or broadcasters association, some type of professional association for radio hosts and broadcasters, correct? Correct. So if my position is, hey, you know what? I work with radio personalities who want to better market themselves to, you know, you know, get more stages, then I'm going to go find out where all the radio people hang out. And it's going to probably be at networking events for radio people, conferences, conventions, associations. So the idea is we have to figure out what problem you solve first, then from there, figure out who has that problem. And then from there, we have to figure out who has that problem is willing to pay to have it fixed. So I hope that makes you know sense there. But generally, I tell people the first place to start out is associations because associations have membership dues and they have fees. That means people are willing to invest to improve themselves. So if you are a speaker listening to this right now, whatever your spiel, you know, field of specialty is, find an association for it. Like quite simply, I coached some speakers a few months ago and I showed them that there are goldfish conventions around the country and people who love goldfish and there are people who are getting paid to speak at goldfish conventions. And that's part of the value when they hire you as a coach, you walk them through all of these things and really customize it to whatever the goal is of the aspiring speaker. Yeah. It's, it's my, like my wife says, I, I, I work to find their passion because, you know, people, when you speak, you have to either have a passion for what you're speaking on or, you know, an expertise or knowledge. That's what people want to go and do because they, they can read through it. If we don't believe in it. So I had a speaker recently who I'm coaching who came to me and goes, I want to be a motivational speaker, gave me his philosophy, like, okay, that's good. But then we discovered that 
his passion, he and his wife's passion are shoes. So he just got back from a conference this weekend and it is called SneakerCon. And it's on people who collect, you know, custom limited edition tennis shoes, basketball shoes, Air Jordans, Nikes, all these shoes. And there's a conference from around the world. People came to it to, you know, learn about shoes. So we've been teaching him and he goes, hey, it was a great weekend. I marketed myself, talked to people and he's getting some invitations now where he's going to be speaking on because his passion, not on what the shoes are, but how to acquire the shoes. There are a lot of people want to collect these shoes that are anywhere from like 500 to thousands of dollars, but they don't know how to get it. He has figured out a system on how to do it. So I go, what we're going to do is we're going to sell your system because the problem is there are people out there who want to get these limited edition shoes, but there's so many people going for it. They don't know how to acquire it or when to acquire it. He knows how to do it. He's been successful at it. He's got like 250 shoes in his house at his office when he's shown it to me. So now we're teaching him and helping him market on, okay, let's go find these conventions for you. Let's go find these people. Let's go see where they're hanging out, of which Harvard's going to be hanging out on YouTube. So it's finding what your problem is, find out where your audience is, and then find where the audience hangs out so you can communicate to them how you will solve the problem. And even for him, you talk about coaching. We're even talking about the fact of teaching him how to have these virtual coaching sessions where instead of him trying to sell shoes to people, I told him it's more profitable if he teaches people how to go and find the shoes. And it's also less wear and tear on him and his wife. Good stuff. Well, congratulations on all the success. It's a fantastic story. If somebody wants to learn more about all the things you have to offer, what is the website? Okay, the website quite simply is www.frankkitchen.com. So my last name is spelled just like the room. So frankkitchen.com, two Ks in the middle. And then if you're a social media person, same thing. Look for Frank Kitchen. There's only one of me. So you can find me out there on the internet. But just reach out and if you've got any questions, I tell people no question is a stupid question. If you're going to reach out to me, I guarantee I'll get back to you within 24 hours to answer your question because if it's important enough for you to contact me, I will get back to you because it's important. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Hey, thank you so much, Lee. I've had a great time being the guest on your show and you keep doing the great work you do by having all the amazing guests on your show to just share how we can all become better. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio.